There's been a new breakthrough in home video marketing, which allows me to premiere a new video while I'm on vacation. Of course, that means I'm here in the now now recording it and you will watch it then. And then will be now soon or when you watch it. And if you are watching it, then when has become now. And I should probably tell you that I'm going to talk to you today about popular sovereignty. And if you don't know what I'm talking about now, then you should stay right there. Welcome once again to all you wonderful podcast viewers and listeners. This is Right All Week. I am your host. My name is Dave. If you would like to engage with us, we're on all the usual social media places, including the recently popular parlor. The username is at Right All Week. If you want to send us an email, the address rightallweek at gmail.com. If you're enjoying this on YouTube, then please, by all means, remember to like, subscribe, share, ring that bell so you can get some notifications in the future, like when I'm on vacation and there's a new video that pops up. And uh, then for those of you who are listening, uh, whichever uh, your podcast choice is, I appreciate you listening. And I would also like it if you could hook us up with a review, if that's possible. And for everyone, please do share this with your friends. So that way they will know that you are a discerning conservative and we can all enjoy this content together. So once again, talking today about popular sovereignty, and I'm going to tie it in with some of the things that are happening currently, things that have happened this last week and a little bit from the week before, and it'll uh, st it's still pretty relevant by the time that you're watching it. So what is popular sovereignty? Have you heard this before? If you Google this term, you'll probably learn more about the way that the United States used this to introduce new territories to the already established United States in the middle of the 19th century, but it has a much, much larger history than that. Where did it come from? Popular sovereignty was actually a part of the founding of this nation, something that's very important to the, our founding fathers who wanted to make sure that we were, you know, getting this new nation started off on its, on its best shore footing. But there wasn't a new idea to them either. Where did it come from originally? Or at least uh, the term popular sovereignty, it first begins to show up during the Reformation period, there's actually a school, a school of Salamanca, you can look up and you can see a lot of really smart guys who started to write about it. And they're referencing the, the passage of scripture during the creation story in Genesis 1. What does God do there? Well, he creates mankind, he creates man and female, human uh, together, and then says, hey, I'm going to give you guys dominion over everything. So, you know, if you know the story, then of course you know that humans, mankind, is actually the last thing that God does, the last thing he makes, and specifically says we're going to make them in our image. And this is something in a way that mankind is unique from all of the other creation, because when God is done forming man, male and female together, and it says, hey, over you, I'm going to give authority to the earth, everything that is in the earth, fish, birds, animals, plants, name all of it. And it's your responsibility to rule and govern over these things. And so he gave it to mankind in general, which means that there isn't like a specific person who's supposed to be the number one figure for government, right? There's not one single individual whom God gave authority to. Now, if you're a good Bible-believing Christian, you're probably thinking, well, what about the future when it comes to Jesus Christ? And hopefully you don't have any confused, uh, well, non-biblical ideas like Mr. Don Lamont or Don Lemon or however you say his name over there at CNN. He obviously has no idea what he's talking about. But it's true that the Messiah, when Jesus comes, he is going to be the one who's given the divine right to rule. But... Uh, Go, that would be heavy theology to go into why that is the case, why he actually does that on the behalf of all men as the second Adam. You can look this stuff up. Why he also does that as God who's ruling over his creation. So it's a both and when Jesus comes. But until then, 
we're living under the current status, the current situation in this age in which God has given it to all men. Obviously, we're not doing the best job that we can, and that's one of the things that we need to learn, one of the reasons why we need to look forward to the day when Jesus comes, because he'll do it way better. He'll do it right. He'll do it perfect, because uh, <clears throat> he is perfect, by the way. So uh, when that happens, then we'll see it. But until then, it's given to all men, which is why we have it in our founding documents when it talks about how all men are created equal, and then the consent of the governed. These two things being in the Declaration of Independence, not an accident, not a coincidence. We're actually referencing this specific doctrine of popular sovereignty and the idea that it's not one man's job, it's actually all of our job, which is why also when you go and you look at the Constitution, which is the contract of the people. It's the voice of the people put to a contract. And what does it start with? We, the people. And so again, it's a government by the people, of the people, for the people. This is all tied to the idea of popular sovereignty. And so if you are looking and you're realizing how does this play itself out in real life, obviously that's, they had to bring in some other things to kind of try to find the perfect balance. These guys are pretty smart. They knew their history. They saw all the ways in which it hadn't worked out. So they're trying to make sure that they built something that was going to last, something that was going to be better. And they did a really good job with this system that we have here, the balances, the checks, the way that there's a federal system, the way that there are state systems. And we elect our governors, we elect our presidents, we elect our representatives, and all of these people, we are literally saying, okay, we consent. We are t giving you authority at this time. But let's say, tying it into today now, what if you get to a point then where they actually don't do what originally was established for their position? What if they're actually not doing a good job at representing the will of the people? What if they're sort of, you know, governing against the will of the people? What if they actually look a little bit more like King George than George Washington? What are we supposed to do with that? Well, it's very simple because it's, again, the consent of the governed. So you withdraw your consent. That's simply how it works. Uh, I mean, it's simple in language, not simple in action. But what does that look like in real life? Real life right now, I just saw a story recently about some people who were arrested in Florida. They were having a um, debate about whether or not they're going to do mask mandates. The mask mandate was not in effect yet. But these people were not allowed to enter the building, a publicly owned building, which means it belongs to everybody, right? All the taxpayers. They were not allowed to enter that building and go be a part of that conversation so that they could voice their opinions about whether or not they should wear, people should be required to wear masks because they were not already wearing masks and they were arrested for trying to enter the building without wearing masks, even though the mask mandate had not yet been decided. Pretty amazing. So there's, a, there's a, an example of Okay, what about the people being governed against their will? Obviously, something like that would apply. Uh, let's, let's look at some other examples. How about some examples recently where the, the popular sovereignty actually demonstrated itself? Because we just had the 4th of July. Gavin Newsom, or uh, Governor Newsom, yeah, small slip there for you. Anyhow, uh, so if they're over there and he says, hey, I don't want these... Uh, you know, the, the displays, you know, protests are allowed, but you can't sing in church and you can't gather together as friends and family and you definitely can't have, uh, you know, fireworks. You can't do that. But then what actually happened on the 4th of July? Helicopter footage was showing us that on Independence Day, even in California, even in places where Governor Newsom was saying absolutely not, people were saying absolutely yes, because this is America and it's the consent of the governed and the governed in this nation want to celebrate the nation's birthday and we're going to do it like we haven't done it in, well, 
well, I don't know, maybe since 1776, perhaps. But yeah, there was a, a lot of excitement going on over there. But these are really good examples. All right, well, how can you handle it right now? What can we do if we're being governed against our will, governed against our consent? You withdraw your consent. Now, maybe you can't just individual, because I'm talking, you know, just one guy, just a normal average guy, talking to other normal average people. That doesn't mean you're going to be able to go out there and confront every governor or, or confront your state representatives. You know, give them a phone call if you can, send them an email if you can't, do both, you know, because these things do go on the record. Even if you don't get a chance to talk to them, it, it gets recorded, right? But, uh, but also, I would say, just take whatever presents itself to you. As uh, maybe you've heard it said, you fight the fight that's in front of you. All right, so you don't have to go to the national level. You don't even have to go to the state level. Just in your own local towns, in your own place where you are, when you see something coming up and then people are trying to do something that you know is not again, it's not con constitutional. It's, uh, it's not appropriate for, you know, it goes against the American principles. It goes against the Christian tradition of this nation. It goes against your conscience. It's definitely not governing the way that God would have somebody govern, you know? So if, if you realize that this is what is actually happening and it's right here in front of you, in your face, in your local community, then that's the fight that you get to fight. That's the one that you need to say, okay, I'm going to take this up. I'm going to take this cause and I'm going to do it. Whatever that looks like for you, I don't know. There's lots of different stories out there about how people are just basically saying, yeah, I've had enough, which, you know, it's been 116 days since we started the 14 days to flatten the curve. So I'm not surprised that a lot of people have had enough, but this is the right response. We say, hey, look, we understand how it's supposed to work. The nation was founded on the ideas of God giving sovereignty to all of us. We actually share this burden together. And I referenced this in a previous video about how you've got to work your way down all of the tiers, right? It doesn't, it's not all the president's fault. It's not all the governor's fault. It's not all senators or representatives or even the state uh, municipality's fault. It's in the, it gets down to the local level and at that point, you've got maybe a local sheriff who's still saying yes, or he's just not willing to say no, and so he's just kind of going along with it. But then, hey, what do we find when we get to the very bottom? Oh, yes. Back to popular sovereignty. Back to the governing, govern at the consent of the governed. It's us. Again, it's an upside-down nation. Who do these people answer to? Well, one day, they're definitely going to have to answer to the great judge at the great throne, and that's between them and God. But right now, they answer to us. So if you see an opportunity to make your voice heard and to call these people into account, especially if you can do it in groups, it's a good idea. I mean, I hear protesting is probably like the only COVID safe thing to do right now. So maybe we should just, uh, you know, arrange a few more of those. Anyhow, this is the message that I have for you guys today. Uh, if you're wondering about the whole Civil War thing and what role that has to play in it, I'll go ahead and clear that up real quick. The idea then was because the territories would be adding to the nation, then they would let the people who lived in those territories decide whether or not they would be a free state or a slave state. And uh, because obviously we got to a point where people began to realize this, that there's, a, there's some serious hypocrisy here. It was actually, honestly, it was referenced in the early days when we were founding this nation. People pointed out, you're fighting to be free, but not everybody's going to be free. And the same thing was happening again uh, just before the Civil War, which is one of the main reasons why we fought the Civil War. And thank God that all that has, is over, and now we have a nation where everybody is free and equal under the law and all equal in the sight of God, but that also means we all bear the same responsibilities now when it comes to being the person that the governors are governing, which means we are the persons that they answer to. And if they aren't doing it properly, then we need to 
withdraw our consent and we need to do it publicly. So again, thank you for watching. This has been Ride All Week. I am Dave. I'll be back from vacation for live videos in the future very soon. Please come and watch those again where we will be here talking about what's right, how it's right, and why it matters. <laughs>